We understand that we have all messed this thing up. Every one of us. We're selfish. We suppress the truth and our righteousness. We're moral hypocrites. We rail against those people who do the kinds of evils that we hate while we make excuses and justify the kind of evils that we like. Racism and sexism are wrong. There's no question about that at all. But where does that idea come from? And what does that mean for the Christian and the skeptic? Let's find out. It is Jesus Christ who raised up women as valuable and special and equal in dignity and value to men. That was unheard of. As the atheist that, you, that, that I read told you, unheard of, did not happen, turned the world upside down or right side up as we see it now. These ideas came from one place. It was Jesus who taught us that all were equal, that we should do unto others as we would want them to do unto us. It was Jesus who taught us that greatness was not about wealth, wasn't measured by power and lord and authority, but by serving others, unheard of. These teachings have led to the very ideas that these new atheist authors rely upon to criticize Christianity. It's these ideas that came from Jesus Christ that are being relied upon to criticize Jesus Christ. The Bible is where we learn that all people are created in his image and likeness. That's in the Bible. It isn't anywhere else. It is from that teaching that the rest of the teachings in the Bible flow. That all the ideas of human dignity and human rights, they all flow from Scripture and from the idea that God has created you special and he's created you valuable. This is, this is important. If you're a skeptic, you're listening or you're here this morning or you're on the radio or whatever it is, I want you to think about something. You have to ask yourself a couple important questions. Why do I believe that human beings have value? What basis do I have to believe that? Why do I believe, what basis do I have to believe that we should work towards racial reconciliation? Why do I believe that men and women are equal in dignity and value? Why do I believe that? Please, please recognize whoever you are and whatever, you've come, whatever worldview you've come in here with. Recognize that the morals that you value the most in your life come from Christianity. They do not come from anywhere else. They simply don't. They simply don't. And if you want to jettison Christianity, I'm sorry, but you, you lose all ability to hold on to those morals because that's where they're rooted. You can't get these morals from karma. That's what creates caste systems. You can't get them from scientific atheism. They can't come from evolution. They can only come from Christ. You ought to believe these things. You ought to. And you ought to act consistently with them because they are true and right. But you have no basis to believe them. You have no basis to believe them other than Jesus Christ. There's nothing to ground them in. And here's the thing that you, that you need to understand. You cannot take only half of Jesus. He doesn't leave that option open. The half Jesus option is not open. The, well, I'll take some of this. I like what he said about this, but I don't like what he said about that. I don't like his call to that. This seems kind of radical, but I like this over here. That doesn't work. Jesus based these things, the things that he told us, his teachings are based on the idea that you were created in the image and likeness of God. And, and Jesus was 
God. So when he's coming to us and he's telling us these things, there's a reason why they seem so true. There is a reason why there was nothing like it ever before. There's a reason why it turned the world up upside down. And there's a reason why 2,000 years later it still is doing that. It's still bringing that. Because Jesus was God. Jesus is the only one who can or will judge because he's the only one who knows and created you. And he created the law of human value and dignity on which we base human rights, social justice, all the things that, that people say they care about. Those are all from Christianity. Will Herberg, a Jewish philosopher and sociologist of religion, he used a term called cut flower culture. Cut flower culture. Now think about this. Sometimes I give my wife flowers because I am super nice. (laughs) And I get tired eventually of sleeping on the couch. So sometimes I bring her flowers. When the flowers come, they're beautiful, right? But they've been cut from their roots, right? They don't have the foundation anymore. They still smell good. They still look good for a while. But eventually, they turn brown and kind of nasty and maybe get a little mold on them. It depends on how long we keep them around, right? Um, Or throw them outside and the dogs mess with them, whatever. But eventually, they die. Eventually, they die because when the flower is cut from its root, it has no ability, no foundation for food, nourishment, nourishment, sustenance. It will no longer grow. It might be pretty for a little while, but then it dies. For the skeptic who wants to retain the moral notion of equality, this is important, who wants to say that racism is really bad and tolerance is really good, if you want to say that and you're a skeptic about Christianity, you have two choices. One, embrace Christianity. Two, wait for the flower to die. That's it. Because you cannot hold on to a moral truth once it's been severed from its foundation. Now it has no logical reason for you to believe it. It was really beautiful when you saw it here. But when you pulled it out and destroyed the thing that made it, it's just a flower. It might look beautiful. It might smell good for a little while. But soon you're going to realize you don't have any reason to obey it. And it's going to die. Because a worldview has to be comprehensive and coherent. And when you pull moral truths away from their foundations, they are not coherent any longer. That means worldviews need to answer all the questions that are answerable, and they need to do it in a way that they all make sense together. Atheism, agnosticism, and every other worldview that I know of besides Christianity fails at both of these. They're neither comprehensive and answering all the questions that can reasonably be answered, nor are they coherent within the answers that they're giving. And this is one example of that. The fact is, you can work all day for equality and moral righteousness if you want to, and you're an atheist, but you have no reason for doing so. If you're an atheist, if you don't believe in God, you can work for equality. I think it's great that you're working for equality. You just have no reason to do it. You just can't back up why you're doing it. You cannot give an explanation in science or philosophy without God for choosing to treat people with dignity and respect and love. You just can't. Try. The answer is only found in the loving God who both created you and loves you. That's it. That's the only place that you can base those beliefs. Without that, you are just a bunch of atoms. You have nothing to base morality on if there's no God. You have nothing to base these things that change the world on if you don't listen to the teachings of Jesus Christ. 
It's just simply not there for you. It's not there. But no one wants to live that way, right? No one wants to believe that love and value and justice are simply illusions. People don't like that. I don't blame them because they're not illusions. But societies that have gone down the road of cutting that flower away and jettisoning the root of Christianity have all ended up basically in one place, oppression and death. Do the history search. Look it up. Look at countries that have jettisoned Christian beliefs and morals from their root and just said, we don't need God at all. We can just use these principles. It didn't take long before the principles weren't followed by anybody. And it just became a will to power. Who's stronger? Who's got more atoms? That's how it goes down. Every attempt to separate Jesus Christ as the risen son of God from morality and the foundation for ethics and the equality of all people has failed. Every attempt to do that. It's just not there. Because the flower will not live long without a root, an idea will not live long without its logical foundations. It is Christ and Scripture that give us a comprehensive and coherent worldview. They're the ones that give us a comprehensive and coherent explanation for why we should believe that human beings are valuable, that we should have equality. It's not an accident that all of these social justice issues have been championed and pushed through by believers by atheists. It is Christ and Scripture that give us the reasons, the reasons for the truth that racism and slavery and sexism and blind nationalism and hate are evil. It is from Scripture that we learn this. It is from Jesus that we learn this. And it is, here's another thing, okay? We're just going to take a little side trip here. It's the same moral truth. It's the same basis that actually causes one of the other big objections, especially with young people, to Christianity. So the same basis about the value of people that makes racism bad and sexism bad and whatever, that same thing says some other things are bad, which are actually just as big of objections against Christianity. And one of them is sex. Oh, you woke up. Good. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. <laughs> sex, right? Some people think that Christianity is against sex. And that could not be further from the truth since God created sex. Nevertheless, it is a persistent complaint that the idea of sex as a thing that should be shared between one man and one woman exclusively with one another for life in a marriage is stifling and prudish. It's backwards. But don't you understand that it's the same principles, the same principles of valuing people that are the reason that, that sex was created to exist within that context. On, the, on this page, God says, I have created them in my image and likeness. On the next page, he says, man and wife, and the two shall become one flesh. It's all related. It's all connected. The context for, the, the, for, for sexuality and where and when it ought to be done is related to the value of people, male and female. The idea of sexual immorality, adultery, pornography, incest, fornication, sex outside of marriage, all of those things 
They defile and degrade the value of human beings. That's why they're wrong. The same reason that you should not have sex with someone that you're not married to and committed to for life is the same reason that you should not be a racist or a sexist. It's the same thing. It's about loving God's people who he made in his image. Marriage is about so much more than sex. It's a mystery. It's a mystery of two people learning to serve each other and model a picture of Jesus Christ in his church. Do you even get it? It's amazing. But it's all connected to the same thing. They're all branches on the same tree. And there's so much going on here and there's so much to learn. But here's the thing. You cannot take half of Jesus. That option isn't open to you. You can't do it. You can't take something. It's not a buffet. Okay? Morality is not a buffet. If racism is wrong, so is sexual morality. If sexism is wrong, so is drunkenness. All of these things, whatever you want to list, good, you know, all the things that we're not supposed to do, they're not about what you're not supposed to do. They're about God's context for living life to its fullest and for honoring one another as valuable. You can't take one without the other. You can't go through the buffet and say, I, you know, I really like, uh, I like to save the earth. That looks good to me. They have some good rallies. They have good food there at their rallies. I'm going to go away from the vegan thing. That doesn't seem like my thing. And then, you know, go to the next thing, right? I like, I like this. I, I think that we shouldn't be racist, but I think I'll drink to excess. Uh, you know, I don't think that we should be sexist, but, you know, I, I want to keep some pornography in my life. It doesn't work like that. You either accept what Christ has said about who you are and who everyone else is, or you reject it. You don't get to have it halfway. Or you're just inconsistent, and you should at least realize that about yourself. The Christian worldview is serious about the reality of morality because we understand who God is in Jesus Christ. We understand the gospel of grace. We understand that we have all messed this thing up. Every one of us. We're selfish. We suppress the truth and unrighteousness. We're moral hypocrites. We rail against those people who do the kinds of evils that we hate while we make excuses and justify the kind of evils that we like. We know about that. As believers, we know all about that. That's why we understand that we need Jesus. Because he died and rose again, defeating death and hell and sin. And he loves us and he's offering us his grace and our salvation from sin and death, which is where all that hypocrisy and all that nonsense is leading, is to death. This good news about Jesus, it's called the gospel and it is the only true freedom from oppression and evil. Listen, the gospel is the only true freedom from oppression and evil. You will not find it anywhere else. It is the only true, coherent, and logical foundation for true love. Do you think you love your mother, your husband, your wife, your kids? you think you love them? The only way that love exists, that there's a true, coherent foundation for it, is the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the revelation that God has shown us through his son, Jesus Christ. That's it. That's love. It doesn't exist anywhere else. Now, For the skeptic, the agnostic, the atheist, look, you either decide that you don't believe in love, that you don't believe in justice, decide that you don't believe in right and wrong, decide that racism and sexism and intolerance are not any better or worse than equality because you have no basis for which to judge them. Either decide that 
because you've decided that morality is an illusion or decide that you're going to search for the coherent, logical foundations of morality because you will only find objective truth and value and righteousness in Jesus Christ. So I welcome you to the search because I know where it ends. For the Christ follower, this is not for the skeptic, but for us who follow Christ. Where's your heart? Are you quicker to defend your cultural assumptions or to listen with an open heart to the pleading of your minority brothers and sisters? Men, are you satisfied to joke around with your friends and wink with the guys in the office about women, negative things that are said about women, derogatory things that are said about women? Are you fighting for the value and the honor of your sisters? You think you can say that you believe women are equally valuable before God and then flip on your phone or your computer to lust after someone else's daughter or sister? You think you can say you love everyone, regardless of their race, and deny the injustice and oppression that is rampant in our communities today? Pretend like, it's okay. It'll work itself out. We don't have anything that we need to do as believers. You need to think about that. Do you think that God doesn't see? Do you think that Jesus is not going to stand up for those who cry out to him? we got to take it seriously. I love coming to church, and I love being here, and I love teaching the Word of God, and I love smiling and laughing and hugging and, and, and talking about uh, you know, the great and wonderful things of God. But I also, I also have a heart that breaks for the fact that we, as those who most understand that all people are created in God's image and likeness, should be the ones shouting the loudest when the Me Too movement starts. Why are you treating our sisters this way? Have you not heard that Christ has said we're all equally valuable? Have you not heard that you should be submitting to your brother and to your sister? Why are we getting angry when someone brings up that there might be a problem with racial issues in this country and act like, well, we've come so far and we're better than other people? That's nonsense. As believers, it's not right until it's perfect. We're looking forward to a time when we will all be with Jesus, every nation, every tribe, every tongue, together. I don't want to be embarrassed in that moment. Hey, man, I'm sorry. I saw what was happening, and I knew it was right. But you know what? I was really comfortable. And yet I was wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. I don't want that to be us. And I'm not saying it is. I'm saying don't let it be. Don't let it be because when the skeptic comes and is searching out Jesus Christ, the one that can give the skeptic life, when she or he is, is here looking, and then they look around and they see these people say they believe these things. Jesus was radical about what he believed, about the value of men and women, every race, every creed, every gender. What he believed was radical, and these people don't seem like they are. So I wonder, do they even believe it? You don't want that question. I challenge us, all of us, starting with me. Are we listening? Are we working? Are we trying to create a more diverse church? Are we trying to create a more diverse community? Are we doing the things we need to do to lift up our own, the women in our own church, 
who have historically been held down and been put somewhere down the ladder? Do you think that, that it's okay that now, because women have gotten a little bit higher on the ladder, that they should be satisfied with that? We're not satisfied until we all, until we kill the ladder. Forget us all being on top of the ladder. That seems dangerous. <laughs> they say you're not even supposed to step on that, like step underneath. I do it all the time. Anyways, so I'm a crazy guy. The ladder needs to go. And all of us tend to be holding things in our hearts because it's easy, because it's the status quo. Like these eight religious leaders, I don't think that they were horrible people who said, let's just try a different way. Let's try a softer way. I don't think they were horrible people. But Dr. King understood what was needed and did what was needed. Let's be more like him and less like them. Listen, if you want to be great in God's kingdom, learn to be a servant. Humble yourself. Learn to be a servant to everyone. Matthew 20, 26, And it shall not be so among you, but whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. Keep that in mind. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Do not automatically take the cultural moment that you're in, and if it's a political thing or a social justice thing or whatever, snap to an immediate conclusion based on arguments that, that fly around on Fox News. That is not where we get our belief system. We don't get it from cable news. This is where it comes from. Ask yourself how much time you saw cable news this week and how much time you looked at these pages. If you want to know whether you're on the right track for understanding these issues. I'm calling us out. We need to repent for the things that we haven't done. We need to move forward in righteousness and justice. We need to be people who truly represent Christ, who are radical like those early Christians who turned the world upside down. We owe everything to Jesus. These are his people. I hope that if you're a skeptic today, you've seen, I've tried to be honest about where we are as people, the mistakes that we make, but I've also tried to be clear about who Jesus Christ is. If you're looking for the only basis for real morality, for loving other people, and for equality, you'll only find that in Jesus. I hope that these episodes have changed your thinking about these issues of morality. And more importantly, I hope that you've realized that Jesus and his truth are the only way to life. And if you still have questions, or we can help you in any way to make that decision for Christ, call us at 360-885-9000. For email, use info at axchurchnw.org. Even better, come see us at Axe Church in Vancouver, Washington. Easy directions and all the info you need are just a click away at axechurchnw.org. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll check out the next episode for much more with Pastor David Robinson here on Contemplate.